before we get into shooting film, before we get into shooting in multiple genres, before we talk about the historical significance of photography in general, uh, the first thing we have to find out is why it is that you picked up a camera in the first place. So why is it that you are currently someone who calls themselves a photographer? I think it kind of ties back to when I was a kid. My father always liked to document things. There was with like the VHS camera or um, I'm assuming he had like disposable, they, they would use disposable cameras because I never really found a camera. Um, so I'm assuming it's like they had, they would use a lot of disposable cameras. And yeah, as a kid, I remember going to like the local Rite Aid, which is like a, kind of like a convenience store, yeah, mm-hmm. but they would develop film back, back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And, uh, I remember, um, as a kid playing with the negatives, like not knowing what it was. Um, I, I would remember I would put it up to the sun and like, look at it. And obviously it's inverted. So it looks a little odd, but I always find it like really cool and stuff. And when I got a little older, like during my teenage years, I kind of, um, I enjoyed looking back at those photos as a kid and I really thought it was awesome. And, uh, when I was, I think either 15 or 16, I used to be in a band. So a lot of people don't know this, but I'm, I'm a musician as well. Um, I don't play as much, but I do, I do play guitar still. But at the time I was in a band with a few people, a few kids that I went to high school with. And, um, we had a backyard show one time and it was a huge turnout. A lot of people showed up and, um, when we were cleaning up, we, we found a couple items like on the lawn cause, cause the show was taking place at, at our drummer's house. And, uh, we found a cell phone and we found a camera and we, we weren't able to find whose it was. And we tried to return it to the owner, but we never really found out who it belonged to. Um, so I pretty much ended up keeping it because no one claimed it. And it was like a little Sony cyber shop. And, uh, yeah, like ever since that, like I thought it was pretty neat. Mm, at the time, I probably, my only camera at the time was probably my cell phone camera. And yeah, like I kind of got amazed by the ability to capture a moment through a photograph. And it was such a small camera that I was able to throw it into my backpack everywhere I went and pretty much I started taking it to school a lot. And yeah, I started taking photos of my friends, of any little weird object that caught my eye. And slowly but surely it kind of um, began escalating and I started developing more skills and I started learning how to edit. And from one day to the, not one day to the next, obviously, like it took a couple of years, but I started making money. Um, not a lot, of course, at the beginning, but I saw the potential to make money and I was like, yo, I think I can do this for a living. Well, I pretty much saw like, I would love to do this as a living. And yeah, ever since then, uh, 10 years later, I'm, I'm actually doing this full time. It was kind of crazy to me. So I started photography back when I was, uh, 24, turning 25, I was at a bit of a junction myself. Um, I, I also spent some time as a musician and found 
photography to be kind of a new creative outlet where I felt like I didn't need to rely on people. As I'm now approaching my mid thirties, I'm getting more and more frustrated at the amount of people that are younger than me that I'm currently interviewing. Cause I always felt like I was quite young uh, for a photographer, but I guess I'm losing that pretty quickly. You definitely seem to be quite young. Um, and I mean that in, with the utmost, com- with the utmost of a compliment, not meaning that to be derogatory. Um, you're shooting film. Why is this, why is film becoming such a go-to medium for younger and younger people considering the obvious benefits that supposedly exist with shooting digital? Well, I think for me, it was more of uh, a new medium, I guess for me, because I've been photographing for about 10 years now. I'm 25 now. And uh, my whole career, I've been photographing uh, with digital cameras and as, as convenient as it is, um, I kind of, I kind of lost interest at points and I started doing a lot of client work, which isn't always my favorite kind of work and it isn't always what I want to shoot. So I think, and then maybe like two, three years ago, I started shooting film. I was always a little intimidated by it because I never really knew how to load a camera or I didn't really know anything about film. And I think with, uh, with nowadays, it's so easy to learn anything through like YouTube and Google uh, or just the internet in general. So I pretty much deep dived into it. And then once I shot some film, I kind of like fell in love with the medium and yeah, the rest is history. I kind of just been shooting a lot of my personal work on film and and it's gotten to the point where a lot of my clients come to me because they like my style and they pay that extra to get, get it shot on film. So I think for a lot of people, it's that sense of magic that film has with it. It's kind of hard to explain, but it, you obviously know, like when you shoot film, it's just kind of magical. And I think also what I really like is that sense of surprise that film has that it's a lot slower than shooting digital because digital, you can kind of just snap away and you kind of like look at the photos and you guide yourself through it. So I think that sense of surprise that you get with film is kind of, it kind of gives me like a a little adrenaline rush because you don't really know what's the outcome. And then sometimes it can be a tragedy, but most of the time it comes out looking beautiful. Well, it's, it's interesting that we're moving into this this unusual age with, and to sound like the old person that I certainly feel like at the moment, uh, obviously like every phone that people are carrying around with them has some form of sort of de facto version of Photoshop, whether it be like a Facetune or whatever, Lightroom Mobile and so on. Photoshop seems to, I, I work primarily in in sort of photographing people and, and Photoshopping uh, images of people seems to have taken on a, an entire life of its own to a point where I find it quite disheartening. And it's obviously quite a big social issue as well with celebrities that are paying paparazzi now to retouch their images and so on. It's kind of, we're in the kind of the age of dishonesty. Is there a, is there a belief with you perhaps that um, film represents a more honest version of photography considering sort of the extremes of, of digital? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm not a huge a believer in Photoshop in that sense where I only use it if I really need to. And, and there is a sense of that where, but at the same time there, there is a sense that back 
in the day, like you could go into the dark room and in itself, it was kind of like using Photoshop and Lightroom where you can dodge and burn and you can do, uh, you can do like multiple exposures by putting your negatives on top of each other and playing with the light. So I think it's a sense of advancement in a sense where I think it's crazy to see the, the, the technology, how, how crazy it advanced in such a small time in such a small time. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a sense to that. I think cause I personally don't really touch up my film photos that much. And if I do, it's very basic, like uh, color temperature, my uh, pretty much my white balance and stuff like that. Very minimal stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think there is a sense of that as well, that it's a little more untouched than I guess you would say a digital file. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan on like doing like crazy Photoshop edits. That's not really my style, but I can, I can see why people like kind of like look down upon that. Um, but yeah, I guess, I, I guess everybody has their own, um, likes and dislikes. Well, I definitely seem to have front loaded this interview with more of the deep stuff, but we will definitely get back to just you and your preferences and your style. And, um, but I guess just to finish off here, you recently I mean, recently it's probably a push in 2020. Everything feels like it was about 30 years ago and it was only in summer, but you uh, recently photographed some images of, of the protests that were happening, obviously a big uh, social movement in America and to a lesser extent, but still pretty much everywhere around the world, we've seen uh, fairly similar movements um, towards the cause. When it comes to that sort of that question of honesty in photography, when it comes to photographing something as socially significant. Are you aware at the time that some of those images are going to carry so much weight historically going forwards? Because obviously at the time it's a very, if we take out our moral compass for a second, it's a very interesting subject because it's, it's not something you see every day. There's a narrative to it. For a photographer, it's, a, it's a, an absolute dream in a sense. But just the historical significance of what you're photographing and making sure that you're f- sort of framing things in the right way weigh on you at the time that you're taking the photos or did you just go with your with your instinct i definitely see that side of it um when i was when i had just begun uh, photographing i was really into history and i was really gonna be a his i wanted to be a history teacher uh, when i was in high school and i think once i started photographing i kind of that was one of the sense one of the purposes of my of me photographing was to document things. And even until today, I like to think of myself kind of like a photo historian where I like to preserve history through these images that I take. So I definitely do see that side of context when I'm shooting. And like you said, when I was out in the protests out in LA, I definitely saw that. And I definitely wanted to capture what was real. And it was crazy because I, was out there protesting every day that I could and I would go home and I would see the news and the news would portray like a bad stigma on the protesters. And it was the complete opposite. So I think it was very important for me to show that side of things that possibly the news media wasn't showing. And yeah, I think it does, it, it can weigh a lot on your shoulders because what you put out there, you can't really take back. So what you put out into the universe 
it's kind of like, you don't know where that's going to go or where that's going to end up. So yeah, it, it can definitely put a weight on your shoulders, but I think for that side of photo, photojournalism, I think it's important to kind of like keep it true to what it is. So I was just out there photographing and documenting what was in front of me. But it definitely seems to be a bit of a concern to me that, especially with, I, I travel to America a few times a year when there's not a pandemic on. And uh, one of the rules we have in America is you don't watch the news because it's just, it's a depression device. It's there to just make everyone hate themselves and hate each other. And um, it's an interesting side of things to watch the coverage from afar and also to have many friends over in America who were out involved in the protests or photographing them, documenting them in some way, um, whether it be with their phone or a camera or whatever, and to see the, the disparity in, in the way things are being reflected. I think that's probably the first time it's happened on the scale that it has. And that's one of the beautiful things about having such a democratization of photography is that every person is out there showing their side of things. And at a time when we're questioning uh, everybody as much as what we are, it's, it's great to see. It's great to have that perspective. We need to move away from the deep stuff and, and talk more about you. And before we started this, I actually mentioned that there's something that you do, which I can't work out how people like yourself do, which is that you seem to be able to photograph across many genres and retain a, a really strong style to be strong in multiple genres. Basically, if I'm not photographing a wedding or a person, I fall apart completely as a photographer. And I'm always fascinated by people that can photograph multiple things. Um, sort of where is your identity as a photographer? Where do you feel like you are strongest in what genre? I, I try not to like box myself in as much as like in a, in a category, because I like to think that like once when, when you do box yourself in, you kind of constrain yourself from other styles. Yep. I also do a lot of wedding photography which because obviously for me, it pays a lot of my bills. Like wedding photography is a lot of my, my work. Um, although I don't really, I don't really uh, post a lot of my wedding work, but I don't know. I just, it's hard to kind of categorize myself. I kind of like to call myself like a photojournalist in a sense. I think that's kind of what I like doing the most. But I don't know. I don't really like to give myself a title. Like I said, um, I kind of just like to shoot what I like. Um, sometimes I like to shoot some things now and maybe in 10 years I'll be shooting something different. Um, I just think I just like to learn new things. Um, I recently, about two years ago, I started going to school for photo. After photographing for eight years, um, I decided to go to school for it. Um, just to kind of learn a lot, uh, a lot of more of the technical sides of things. And it's been great. Like, I think I, it's been fun learning a lot of things that I thought I knew, um, and like kind of learning it through the book. And then also like my professors have been awesome. They've been great mentors. Um, so yeah, I feel like I don't like to box myself in cause there's so much you can learn. And I think with photography, and especially the the age we're living in, there's all these new things and new styles and techniques coming out. So I pretty much just like to adapt and kind of tie in those techniques into whatever I'm shooting, whether it's a portrait or it's environmental portraits or landscapes. Um, I kind of try to do it all. Well, you do something that um, we don't get the opportunity to do often in England because 
Uh, we did have a pretty decent selection of classic cars, but in England, they've been basically outlawed for the longest time. So we don't get to see them um, as much as you'd like to. In America, having been there as many times as I said previously, you do get to see a lot of the old cool American muscle cars, the old vintage classics, even some of the like, probably at the time, the much less cool cars at this point do look fantastic because of their design and their history. In your experience and for you as a photographer, how are you different photographing a classic car from, say, a portrait? What do you do differently as a photographer? Do you take more time with a portrait? Is there more work before you press the shutter? You know, is a car like a chance meeting or do you go out to shoot cars? What's the difference for you as a photographer between those two subjects? I think for me, shooting uh, a car is probably harder for me. I know, I know a lot of people might disagree, but I think with the portrait, you have more leeway where you can like have them look a certain way. And I think a portrait carries a lot more emotion. Whereas in a car, it's a little hard. You kind of, usually when I go, when I shoot cars, it's usually a car that I have no idea who's, who the owner is. So I can't really have them move the car. So I kind of stuck with the car and then I kind of work my way around it and see and especially because I shoot a lot of medium format, so it's kind of an expensive medium to shoot. So it's not like I can shoot multiple shots of the same car um, because I try I try not to do that a lot because obviously it's kind of an expensive medium. And so it's kind of more of like I have one shot, like I will, I'll frame my composition and then I'll be like, okay, I think I'm going to go with this one. And I think with the portrait, I think it's just a lot more there's a lot of components that can go, go into it. And yeah, I think, I think shooting a car is a lot harder in my opinion. Um, just for that reason that it's very hard to move them around and kind of do have it do what you want it to do. When it comes to your portrait side of things, what's your like directorial style? Are you quite hands-on with exactly what you're looking for from them? Do you kind of let them take the wheel in terms of expression and, and posing? Because obviously one thing that looking at your work and like I said earlier, being so adaptable as you are, if you put me in half of the scenarios that you obviously find yourself in taking photographs, when it's not people, I wouldn't even know where to begin. So I imagine like most photographers seem to think that the most intimidating thing is having like a living being in front of you that you have to interact with to get the photo that you want. And then that's really where you find out what someone's made of when it comes to their directorial style. So how do you go about posing people? I, I'm a big believer in like, and kind of letting the subject kind of show you the way around. I think, I think when I try too hard to post someone, it doesn't look as good as when the subject is at their, at their ease. So I like to do a lot. Of, that's the reason why I like to do a lot of environmental portraits. Cause I think that's when the subject feels the most comfortable when they're around their everyday life and their whatever they think is normal to them. And yeah, I usually, I usually like to, when I shoot, when I shoot like models and stuff, like I think like a good tip that I like to do is like the first couple of minutes, I like to do what I call a freestyle is I pretty much let them kind of give, give them the, I kind of like let them do what they usually do for a photo because I, I think that's, that's how they loosen up a little bit and they kind of, feel more comfortable. And instead of me telling them how to pose and that, I think it just always works out better when 
uh, I kind of put them under pressure because they're going to go to the top of what they know to know how to do the best. As far as like environmental portraits, I think it's important to find things that really connect and resonate with your character or with your subject. So for example, if I'm shooting, uh, I just shot my, my buddy blue, blue, the great. And, and he's a painter. So I pretty much obviously wanted to showcase some of his work that he's been working on. And he was recently telling me that he's been feeling a very, like, in a sense, kind of like uninspired and he's kind of been stressed and tired. I pretty much just told him, just stand in front of front front of your paintings that you've been working on and kind of just show me how you feel. And I kind of just stepped back and he kind of just looked at the camera and I just snapped the photo and the colors came out a little bluish and kind of like cold. And I really love that portrait of him. I, I feel like it really, really showed how he was really feeling. And in that sense, I really had no direction in that sense. I kind of just told him to do, to show me how he felt. And as kind of like, as cliche as that sounds, I think sometimes when you, I think when people say more is less, I tend to take that into kind of my style of directing. When looking back through your Instagram timeline, as we're so prone to doing these days, I found the first image that you posted being an image of your grandfather and um, put me in the mindset that, you know, I think photographers take a lot of photos. And if you're anything like me, when it comes to personal work, it can be very rarely that they're meaningful if you're doing a lot of work for other people, if you're doing a lot of work to kind of build a portfolio and stuff. It's all work that you enjoy. It's all work that helps you express yourself, but maybe it doesn't carry as much emotional weight as you probably could. And then when it comes to images of like family members, that's where it can really come in. And I remember taking photos of my, my now late auntie going back about, I don't know, I think about five or six years. Um, I still actually hold on to a lens that I use to take that photo, which no longer works. It's completely broken, but I refuse to get rid of the lens because the lens was the thing that was part of me taking probably the most important photo I've ever taken to myself. When it comes to taking stuff like that, is it hard to step out of, I mean, obviously there's going to be a cultural difference here because we're from very, very different parts of the world. But for me, when I'm back around family, I go back to feeling like I'm kind of a kid in that family, so to speak. And I feel like I'm not a photographer, I'm a family member. And it can be quite hard to then direct and take charge and you can almost lose track of the little things. Um, how was it taking that image of your grandfather and how are you when it comes to taking those more emotional shots for you personally? Oh yeah, I definitely, I can definitely uh, relate to you where I still feel like a child when I'm around my family. And yeah, I think, I think now I'm a little more respected in that sense that they know that I'm a photographer and that's what I do. I think earlier in my career, it was kind of like, oh yeah, he, he's just like having fun with the camera. Um, but I think now there's that sense of respect and, uh, so I do, I do respect that from them and yeah, it wasn't up until recently. I think my grandma passed away about like two, two years ago, maybe three. And it was like, it's kind of like a sudden death that we, nobody was expecting. So I had gone to visit her in Mexico, maybe like a year prior to that. And I took a couple of photos of, of my family members and stuff like that, but I didn't really take like a solid portrait of each one of my family members. 
And when that, when that happened, I was kind of devastated that I didn't have a portrait that I can like look back and kind of have of her. And I think ever since that, I kind of made it, made it one of my things to kind of document my family a lot more. Um, I recently watched the masterclass of uh, Annie Leblovitz. It's a world enough photographer. I'm sure you heard of her, but yeah, I just listened to her masterclass and she, she like, she mentions a good point that like now that she's much older and that she looks back at her work, that her most memorable work is the work that she, the work of the photos of that she took around her family members and her loved ones, because at the end of the day, that's going to be the ones that hold the most meaning to you. And it's something that I started working a lot more with and it's still something that I, I, I kind of do struggle because like you said, you still feel kind of like a child around them, but it's something that I'm definitely going to push a lot more. Uh, obviously right now it's a little difficult because of COVID and I don't want to really be putting uh, others in danger, um, vice versa. So it's definitely something that I've been wanting to push a lot harder Especially with these circumstances, it's kind of hard. But I actually uh, plan on visiting my grandpa um, soon. And obviously, I'm going to be um, social distance and I'm going to be very precautious. Uh, but I really want to get some photos of him because he got sick last year. And um, he's doing a lot better now. But I feel like I don't want to miss that opportunity to take photos while they're here, while they're, they're still here. Um, but yeah. And I think it's very important to definitely document those around you, even though it not, might not be your most aesthetically pleasing work and it's not going to be the work that clients are going to be reaching out to you for. But I think at the end of the day, um, it's pretty much what I started to, I started photographing for it's to pretty much preserve, um, my life and, what I saw and what we up with so that one day I can show my kids like, Hey, this is your grandpa or Hey, this is this and that. Um, so I think it, it does tie back to why I really started to photograph and, and I definitely want to do a lot more of that. Well, it's, it's a shame to me in a sense that we've got more technology than ever before to document and we're pretty much just using it to show off a life that we're not living in a lot of cases. I, I spend a lot of my time around photographers and models, especially in England, and especially if you're outside of London, there seems to be a lot of people pretending that they're having a completely different life than the one that they're having. And that seems like a complete waste of the opportunity to actually document what's going on in the world. When it comes to shooting across different genres, um, are you going out, say, when you're, um, you're going out to take some pictures of architecture, you're going out to take pictures of cars, or a portrait session, is, are you very focused on sticking to one genre? Do you go out with something in mind? Because obviously one thing that's um, completely unfair about your situation is that you have that wonderful light. You actually have some decent weather to go out in other than like three days over the course of the year, which is all we get in England before it turns back into a cold, miserable grey nightmare. Do you go out with a specific thing in mind? Do you have like a hole in your portfolio to yourself that you want to go out and fill by finding some cool cars or some architecture or a landscape or a portrait? How do you go about sort of selecting your next subject? Um, not necessarily. I usually like to go uh, with an open mind. There's times where I do shoot on subject. Like I, I'm working on a, I'm working on a couple of series. One of them, it's called the Linwood Project. Um, 
Linwood is like the small city that I grew up in. It's a small city in LA, um, right next to Compton and uh, another city called Watts. And it's, that's definitely one of the series that I've been pushing myself a lot more. And it's kind of like a preservation project where I would want to capture, capture my hometown and kind of preserve it through these images. Um, but besides that, if I go out to shoot, um, I'm going to do street photography. I usually go out and I'm just, just walking around and trying to see what, if I see anything cool or anything that catches my attention. Um, but for the most part, I don't really like to stick to one thing. Um, like I said, I, I like to just to go out. Um, I like to walk around. Um, and yeah, if I see something that I like, I'll capture it. And like I said, if I'm shooting film, it's definitely going to be one of those things where it's like, if I, like, if I see something and I, I don't think it's that interesting, I'll probably walk by it and, if I really want to, I just take my, I'll take my phone with me and I'll take a, a digital photo of it. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty selective of what I shoot at times. Are there any subjects that you don't get the opportunity to photograph as much as you'd like to? Mm, that's a good one. I could have sworn I had something that I'm just like, I wish I could photograph that a lot more. I don't know. It's it's a hard one. I, I would probably say not at the moment because I think lately I've been getting a lot of portrait work. Oh, you know what? Actually, I really want to do a lot more environmental portrait. Um, I guess I could say that like, yeah, definitely a lot of more environmental portraits. And I think right now it's very tough to kind of do that right now because of COVID. And also one thing that I hate about the whole pandemic situation is that, um, it's very hard to capture a lot of emotion through when someone's wearing a mask. So that's definitely something that I've kind of been struggling with because I think someone's like expression mouth and stuff like that, it shows a lot of expression. So it's been definitely a lot, a lot tougher shooting portraits lately because it's kind of hard to capture someone's expression and emotion when half of their face is blocked. So yeah, that's definitely something I wish I could shoot a lot more lately. Um, it's definitely environmental portraits. When it comes to sort of like your self-analysis of your work overall, where do you feel like your biggest strengths are? Hmm. I would probably say port my portrait work is probably, in my opinion, my strongest. Uh, I don't know why I would say that. I think that's just kind of my favorite piece of work that I do. I think taking portraits of people, especially strangers, it can be, it can be very intimidating. And, but at the same time, it can be very rewarding or even though you don't know someone, you can kind of capture someone's sense through that photo. So I think in my opinion, I think my, my portrait work is probably some of my strongest work. And then obviously the flip side of it for a lot of people is, probably where I don't know about in America, but definitely in England, we focus more on the negative side of everything. We're kind of pessimists at heart. Where do you see yourself needing to improve the most? Where do you feel like you want to to get better the most? Well, lately I, I also do a lot of cinematography work. So um, I, I've been doing that for about six years now. So I've kind of been pushing myself this year to kind of deep dive a little more into that and uh, really go into that I, I definitely want to get start doing a lot more uh dp work so director of photography work 
which is uh, still a sense of photography, um, but it's like a whole different industry of its own. And I currently live in Orange County, which is like a county over to LA, um, but I'm still relatively close. And yeah, I kind of live in like the best place to be in that industry. And I really enjoy it. And I think I really want to push myself in that area of directing and doing more work for, uh, as a DP. How much do you change as a, as a creative person when it comes to motion versus stills? Because obviously stills is a lot more restrictive, which in some ways can make it tougher and in other ways can make it significantly easier. Whereas like motion feels like it has much more of a, a codependency to it because of, you know, obviously needing external factors to also work out much more favorably over a longer period of time compared to, to stills. Which one do you prefer and which one, which one do you feel is the bigger challenge? Well, I think definitely doing video, video is a, a lot harder in my opinion, because there's a lot, there's a lot less room for error. Um, as in a photo, if I don't like a photo, I can kind of just scrap it. Um, but when I'm working with video, it's kind of like either I got the shot or I didn't. And, and I think with a lot of motion stuff, obviously when you're on set, you can do retake of, you can redo the video, but, um, a lot of the times it's, if there's something in your shot that you caught too late, you can't really go back and do it again. And I think, like I said, there's just a lot more room for error and the color grading is a lot more difficult because your lighting obviously changes. Uh, it can change mid clip and stuff like that, but I kind of enjoy the challenge a lot more. I think that's why I like it a lot more at the moment. It kind of just gives me more play with it. And I think photography in a sense, it's a little too fast for me. It's a little too easy sometimes. And I'm not trying to say that like, like my editing and work is perfect or anything, like, cause it's obviously, obviously it's not, I, I can always do more, but, uh, I, I'm always up for the challenge. And I, I think that's what I really like about video that there's always, there's so much that you can do. And I kind of like to push myself in that sense. I mean, in that case, and this is a really broad question, so I do apologize, but where do you find the satisfaction in photography particularly? Like what, what has to happen in photography for you to really feel fulfilled in what you're doing with that? Uh, I just like to, I just like that feeling when I see a photo that I've captured and I'm just like, wow, like this is very timeless in the sense where I, I think my biggest satisfaction is when I can look at a photo and be like, yeah, this is definitely something that I can show my future kids or, you know, my future, the future generation. And then they can look back and be like, wow, that's crazy. Cause I think that's something that really inspired me as a kid is like seeing, looking back at photos that were taken in the fifties and the sixties, um, in the seventies, just like in the past and like looking back and seeing how much things have changed. And I think being able to like preserve that specific moment is amazing. So whenever, anytime I capture a photo where it kind of has that like timeless feel to it, I, I think that's just the biggest, it kind of just reminds me of why I do this. And then obviously moving forwards, things have been really difficult for the last 12 months or so. Um, are you finding yourself now kind of planning the next step? The moment that we're kind of given our freedom back, are you planning 
where you want to go next creatively? Do you have projects in mind of how you want to move forwards? Yeah, I think part of it, part of the reason why I'm trying to go more into the cinema world is because I think it's a lot more stable here in LA um, being in that industry. Um, Cause I work with a lot of people who are in the film industry as far as like cinema industry. And when the pandemic hit, like obviously everybody was out of work and, and I just think it's a little less saturated than being a photographer right now in Los Angeles. It's just crazy. The, the amount of photographers here, it's just so, it's, it's insane. It's just so many. And I think with the film, film industry, it's just, there's just so many little jobs in between. And I just think there's a lot more work in that sense. So I think I have the skills and I have a lot of film gear too. So I feel like I can apply my photography skills into BP and directing and stuff like that. So I definitely, like I said, I, I definitely want to push that a lot more this year. Um, just cause you know, you never know. I, I, I got kind of got screwed over because a lot of my gigs, a lot of my wedding gigs got pretty much postponed. Some of them got canceled. So it definitely made me think like, Oh shit, like what should be my next move? And I think pursuing that is definitely going to help my portfolio. And yeah, it's something that I definitely feel like I can be, be put up to the task. And something I hear quite a lot, I've probably interviewed, I think about 10 people based out in LA and something that we hear a lot um, coming out of California is is that essentially it's the best place to be, to be in that industry, to be in the industry of kind of show business or um, to be wanting to make movies or anything like that. And something that's kind of interesting to me is that we hear so often, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, but I think another side of that is is often how you're kind of perceived and the way that you treat people when you're trying to move your way up can often dictate how quickly you fall down. Um, what's the, you know, what what's it like being in such a competitive environment? And do you feel like more than knowledge is required to make it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of photographers out here in LA, but it does come down to who you know, because I've seen a lot of photographers make it, well, in a sense, make it. And like their work is not really like, it's nothing special or anything different. It's kind of just like they had the opportunity. And yeah, like unfortunately, a lot of really good photographers get left in the dust because they don't know anyone. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to treat it like a business and like you got to network and you got to, you know, sometimes you got to do jobs that you don't want to do um, just to kind of like put yourself in a good position. And yeah, I think this year was a really good year for me to network. I've met a lot of people who were looking out to me and then obviously I was looking out for them. So it's definitely a lot of, it's a lot about who, you know, and like I said, like sometimes you just got to do, do jobs that you're just probably not going to want to do. It's probably not in your, your forte, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And I think in LA, I kind of have an advantage over other people because yeah, I think there's just so much opportunity here. Um, but yeah, I, I hate being, I hate running into guys that are too competitive in that sense. Like I like to think that there's, there's enough work for everyone and you know, there's different styles and different photographers 
And at the end of the day, like if, if a client's going to come to you, it's, they're coming to you because they want your style. So I think it's, I find it ridiculous when, when people will be hating on each other. Cause it's just like, come on, man. Like at the end of the day, we all, we all love being behind the camera and, you know, instead of like putting other people down, it's like, you should help people. So, so anytime like I come across a gig that either I can't do or, or it's kind of like not, out, it's like out of, out of my budget. Um, I'll pass it down to someone that I know or another photographer who I think is more better for that job. Cause at the end of the day, if you help someone out today, you never know, maybe they can, they'll bring a client to you. And, and I think that's what I really like about the film community that compared to like the digital photography community, I feel like the film community is a lot more welcoming. Um, I don't know why this might be in the U S like a U.S. thing, but I always felt that in the digital community, like people were, would be haters. Like everyone thinks like their work is better than someone else's and it's just too much of a competition. And I think, I think we got to remember that at the end of the day, like we shoot because we love to shoot and it's not a competition, you know? No, hundred percent. And I think nothing spoils the potential of a creative endeavor or the enjoyment of it than when you do get one of those like ultra competitive people get involved, maybe get some people's backs up. And then all of a sudden, no one's really enjoying the project and the project can actually kind of sink in on itself uh, because of that animosity and the problems it creates. I think like, music it can have a completely different effect but i definitely feel like when it comes to visual arts it it can quite often just sort of derail not just the enjoyment but the end product um when that comes about if we move away quickly from the real world to where most people spend most of their time now which is instagram i mean you mentioned about like the competition um and how there's enough to go around and so on something i've asked a few people and it's becoming a bit of a running question for me is um obviously instagram has given the option for a lot of people, a, a, a tremendous amount of people to show off their work and not always, you know, great stuff, not always particularly good stuff. Sometimes, you know, jaw droppingly amazing stuff. Do you feel like sort of having something like Instagram there for so many people to show off their work has actually sort of created more great photographers or just shown off perhaps more average ones? I guess maybe a little bit of both. I guess you could say there's, I think, I think Instagram is, has been revolutionary for creatives and I think it's awesome because it, it's given so many people a platform, um, especially people of color like me and like I have friends who the same way, I think, um, it's, it was, it's always been like, like the white man gets the platform because, you know, and I think nowadays Instagram is such a powerful tool and then even twitter too whereas in anyone can kind of have that platform regardless of where you're from or where you come from and yeah obviously it, it comes with its pros and cons there's definitely like a lot of things that i'm just kind of when i see online i'm just like why would they think this would make a good post or something like that you know but I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it's like, just use it to however you want. Like if you want to use it like a portfolio, feel free to do that. And if you want to like kind of just have fun with it, I see why not. It's just the, it's just the social media, you know? Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of good and bad to it. 
But I mean, for me, I think it's been, it's been great. I, I book a lot of my clients to Instagram. Um, I do have a website, but I, most of the time, like it's usually mostly for like wedding work. So usually when someone wants to see my work, I'll just direct them to my Instagram. Uh, but yeah, definitely there's a lot of good and there's a lot of average photographers on there. And I think it's, I think as a photographer, it's pretty easy to tell who is kind of like a top dog on there, you know? And I think, I think part of it is like, we have to get away from that, from looking at like the numbers. Cause I think a lot of people let that get, they, they let that get to their head and people forget that just because your photo doesn't get a certain amount of likes doesn't mean it's not good. Um, I think that's the thing I hate the most about Instagram and stuff like that. It's just that people like for some reason they value the art and they like to put it in a chart where it's like, if you get this much likes, you're this good. And if you don't, you're not that good. And I think it's important to, to know that that's not true. Um, there's a, there's a photographer that I really like. His name is uh, Steven Vanasco and um, I got to meet him a couple of times and I got to photograph with him a couple of times and he made a good point not so long ago. And he pretty much mentioned how we get so carried away with how many likes our posts get, And that he's like, I'd rather have one person walk by my gallery, walk, walk by my print on a gallery that to get a thousand likes on a photo. He, he said that he feels that someone's seeing his work and walking by and appreciating it instead of just going up and like seeing and just liking it, he said, stand out that which would mean so much more to him. And I think that's important because we tend to forget things like that. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you gotta pull yourself back and be like, this is the reason why I photograph, not just to post it on to my Instagram. Well, on top of that, I mean, obviously the, there's a bit of an epidemic of people staring at numbers all day and, and trying to just nudge things up by one more, one more. And they're never really satisfied no matter how high the numbers climb. The other side of it is, do you feel like a lot of photographers spend too much time kind of looking sideways and seeing what everyone else is up to rather than just focusing on creating their own thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can kind of, I can kind of like tell you my side of it because there's a lot there's, I get people always messaging me like, Oh, how do you get your film borders or how do you get this? And, or what do you, what camera do you use? This is probably, that's probably the biggest question. And I think like, it's it's easy to get blindsided by those type of things and i think we forget what's the important thing is developing your own style and kind of doing what you like to do because there's no other way than to develop your own style and like if you're gonna just do pop just get what everybody else is shooting with and what everybody else is doing and you're pretty much just gonna replicate someone else's style so yeah, I think it's important to kind of do what you love, like whether people don't like it or then it's important. I think it's important to know that you love it. And I think that's at the end of the day, that's what matters. So yeah, I think it's just funny when people, they message me and they're just like, Oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? And like, obviously I'm not an asshole. Like I'll respond to them and I'll tell them, but yeah, I think it's important to kind of like develop, just try things out, you know, and if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. 
I think like that, you will eventually find your own style and what fits you the most. Yeah, I think like focusing on something like gear or a technique more than focusing on kind of what it is that you're trying to say while you're taking a picture in the first place is is pretty much one of the biggest mistakes people are making because no one really cares about the gear. Most of the gear now is, especially modern digital gear, is so similar that the differences between them are just people arguing over which brand they prefer rather than there actually being any technical differences. When it comes to the old film stuff, people focus on the camera when in most cases, you know, it's a combination of lens and film. But if you don't know what your message is, there's no real point to having all of those things down because it's like having a really big vocabulary, but no ability to put those words into the order of a sentence. You're just wildly shouting out words that, you know, you think people will be impressed by rather than actually making a point. For you, if you were to look back, I mean, obviously, I don't want to tell a 25-year-old to look back on their life because, Christ, that's depressing for someone that's nearly 10 years older. Um, but for you, looking back on uh, the time that you've been doing photography, is there any sort of advice you wish you'd followed or a piece of advice you'd give yourself if you could go back and talk to yourself back at the start to make things a bit easier or make things go quicker or just make things a bit happier? I'd probably tell myself to not down myself as much and like pretty much to I'd probably tell myself to shoot more film when I first started I was a lot really intimidated um by shooting film and like it kind of took me a long time to like finally get into it um also if I could go back to when I started shooting film I would probably tell myself to um keep my negatives because I think like the first couple of months when I started shooting film like I would never get the negatives i would just get the scans and then i'll just i'll have to like lab throw away my negatives and now that i have more experience i know that's just like a big no-no and yeah just hold on to my negatives and yeah just keep shooting what i love to shoot i think that's what i would tell myself not to get carried away with with all the client stuff and don't get carried away with what pays and what doesn't, you know? In your experience, is it the case um, that if you focus on what you enjoy doing, then that audience will find you as opposed to shooting something where you see the potential for an audience? No, yeah, for sure. I, I always tell people like, shoot, shoot what you love, even if you feel like no one's looking or no one cares there's always going to be like an audience for anything that you do. And I think it's important to like do that because if you're only shooting for an audience, then you're pretty much just catering to what they want to see. And I don't think it's as expressive as when you're doing what you love. And yeah, like I'd rather, I'm the type to like, I'd rather shoot something that I love, whether even if no one's going to care about it, than to shoot something that I don't really care about just because I feel like there's an audience for it. But yeah, I think when you shoot like whatever you love to shoot, I think you're going to eventually develop your style and you know, you'll, you'll probably come across your, your niche and you know, sometimes it's not, it's, you don't really know that that's what you're going to really be known, known for. But yeah, I think, I think, like just like anything, you know, if you practice and if you do something enough, it's eventually you're going to perfect it to a sense where, you know, it, may, it might be what you're known for. So 
Yeah, I always, I always encourage people to like not stop, to never stop shooting what they love to shoot. And then when it comes to your inspiration, we're, we're about to wrap up. So I really do thank you for taking the time. But as someone that's doing stills and, and doing um, motion work as well, where are you finding your inspiration for the most part? You know, I'm someone that I watch a hell of a lot of movies. I'm very inspired by cinematography, even though I don't do it per se. I find it interesting in terms of composition, um, aspect ratio and, and so on. Where's your main source of inspiration? films for sure i love watching movies too and i love watching movies and like i'll dissect the shots and i'll be like wow like i'm just amazed at like how directors and like dps they frame all their stuff in such a cinematic style and like i try to do something similar so that's definitely one of my biggest influences is watching movies and just kind of taking notes on how they were able to get that shot and kind of, you know, portray it into my photography sense in, in that sense. And yeah, definitely to that too. And then I definitely, I recently been taking like photo classes, like photo history classes. So, um, just looking at other, other photographers works and I've recently been getting into, uh, uh, Gregory Crutzen. He's a, He's a great photographer and style is very cinematic. Um, so his work has been very, ins- his work has been very inspiring to me. And uh, yeah, just looking at people's work, you know, I like to be inspired by other artists. Obviously, I want to say a massive thank you for you taking the time to do this. The, the sole purpose for the podcast and um, the most important part of it is to direct people and where they can go to find the work that you do and, and follow you and so on. So this is your opportunity to tell us all of your links, your Instagram, your website, and so on. So please fire away. Yeah. So if you guys want to check out my work, I think I post most of my personal work on my Instagram. So it's Instagram uh, at uh, William. So W-I-L-L-I-U and three M's. Um, I do have a YouTube as well. If you want to look up the same thing, William, you can see a lot of my video work on there as well. Um, my website is mostly like my wedding work. I have some travel work on there as well. Um, it's willandphoto.com. So if you guys want to check that out. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you guys have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to my Instagram. Feel free to DM me. I always reply to people. If you need any, have any, need any advice or any tips or anything, feel free to reach out. I I try my best to respond to everyone. Not just a great photographer, but a lovely guy. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me on.